You're listening to World Talk Radio, Studio A. There were many sites of disasters during the Civil War, places like the railroad cut at Gettysburg or Harper's Ferry. Some of them have also been disasters to the preservation movement. We'll find out how and how they can be prevented when we come back on Civil War Talk Radio. My husband and I met at a strip mall dance. It was a beautiful old strip mall. I had seen my husband before at a big rally at the highway on ramp. For all the men who had enlisted, he was going to war. Four years later, we married at the little convenience store downtown. When we lose a historic place, we lose a part of who we are. To learn how you can help protect places in your community, visit nationaltrust.org. History is in our hands. A message brought to you by the National Trust for Historic Preservation and the Ad Council. It's a wake-up call. It's time to get serious about preparation and to understand that the threat is very real. This is a message from the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, recorded by Roger Kilfoyle, New York City firefighter. The topic, getting serious. It's irrelevant where you live or how many people live in your community or other variables like that. It's, it's America. America's the target, not just New York. We know there are some positive things that you can do to better prepare yourself and your family. It's simple steps to prepare yourself for events that may be out of your control. So, you know, having these little supplies together, you can prepare for problems that may happen. Learn to be prepared at www.ready.gov or call for a free brochure, 1-800-BE-READY. That's 1-800-237-3239. A public service message brought to you by the Ad Council. Listen. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. Studio A. Welcome back to Civil War Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich. Talking today with Jim Campy of the Civil War Preservation Trust, who, whose organization has helped save thousands of acres of land that otherwise would have been uh, developed, uh, changed, lost to historical memory, uh, uh, as we heard on the uh, the public service commercial during the break. Uh, what once were uh, important landmarks in our past are now strip malls or highway on ramps or convenience stores. Uh, and, and the question is, how can we prevent all this? Jim, uh, if you heard that uh, commercial during the, the break there, we're, uh, that was for an organization called National Trust for Historic Preservation. Uh, does the Civil War Preservation Trust have relationships, uh, good or bad, with other organizations like that? Uh, how, how do you avoid the same kind of competition we talked about in the first half, uh, first third of the show? Uh, uh, we actually we do have, maintain some very good relationships with national and local uh, preservation groups. And, uh, in fact, that's our business model, more or less. Uh, we are a relatively small organization. Um, try to keep staying lean and mean, um, and as a result of that, we're very reliant on uh, the good work of local preservation groups. And uh, we find that we're more effective when we work to, with national preservation groups like the National Trust. Uh, in fact, we're working with the National Trust on preservation efforts at Cedar Creek uh, in Virginia. Uh, the Wilderness Battlefield also in Virginia and other places around the country. 
and before I go a second further, I should have done this earlier, um, for listeners who are, are just overwhelmed and can't even wait to hear the rest of the show but want to donate money to you right now, uh, do you have a, a website or phone number we can direct them to? Absolutely. Uh, our, our web address is pretty easy to remember. It's www.civilwar.org. Uh, there's an opportunity to donate there. And if you don't mind, I'd like to mention we are in the process of um, dramatically changing our website. Uh, so uh, we're looking for feedback. So if any of your listeners get an opportunity to see our site, look at some of the animated maps and other content we've recently put up there about the Bentonville battlefield, for instance, uh, please let us know. Um, we're hoping to unveil a, a dramatically improved uh, website in the fall of this year. Well, definitely. Then, uh, listeners, civilwar.org. That's a that's a great uh, uh, a great web address to have, and uh, easy to remember. Uh, go to it and see what they have, and uh, consider contributing. This is, I assume, a, a, a not for profit organization, tax deductible organization. That's correct. Yes. So, uh, un unlike Civil War Talk Radio, uh, when we had our old website, listeners from the old days will remember. You could donate to the show so I could buy books to read before the author showed up on the phone. But that was not tax deductible. I could also use the money for beer if I wanted to, and uh, uh, you cannot deduct that. But uh, someday we'll have a new website for the show, and, and you'll be able to donate once again to my my needs and desires. Uh, but in the meantime, take that money that would have gone to a Civil War talk radio and send it to Civil War Preservation Trust, which is doing this good work for the whole Civil War community. In the uh, in the introduction during the break, I mentioned uh, a couple places where things have not uh, gone so well for, for the preservation movement, such as the railroad cut uh, at Gettysburg. Uh, was your organization involved in that story, or do you know much about what happened there? I was, uh, actually, I was following it when I was on Capitol Hill, and I knew there were, actually, actually there were hearings at one point about how, um, you know, a, important part of that uh, battlefield site has just gotten uh, obliterated because uh, essentially a raw deal between the college and the park service. And um, anyone that goes out there today can still see that the, the ridge there is, is eroding because it wasn't, uh, the work wasn't done very well. I understand they, that uh, you know, sports fields were constructed uh, which required bulldozing some of the, the ridge containing the railroad cut uh, and as much as I uh, enjoy playing uh, over 40 soccer with my friends here in Greenville uh, and value athletics and, and athletic services and fields, uh, we can't be, be tearing down battlefields to, to put that up. Uh, so that was unfortunate. Now, Harper's Ferry has been in the news in the last year or so where uh, the, the conflict with uh, developers took a, a rather dramatic turn. I guess it's been more than a year now. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what was the story there? Well, what happened, and it was in August of 2006, a handful of developers that were very anxious to um, develop another property on the battlefield called the Old Standard Track, that's how the locals refer to it, uh, knew in order to develop that property they needed to have water and sewer access into the property, which they didn't have. Uh, so one day uh, they were seeking a permit from the Park Service to put water and sewer through property owned by the Park Service. And um, it was, the Park Service was taking their time. I mean, clearly, 
they've got to go through the procedures to make sure that no archaeological or cultural resources are being lost. And the developers just got lost their patience. And uh, one weekend, uh, a weekend when they knew the Park Service was going to be very busy with another event, they just went in and started bulldozing. And, um, you know, they claimed that uh, oh, it was all very legal and they didn't expect any problems, but um, they did this over the course of two days. They had, uh, you know, lights up so that they could work through the night. Uh, they had lawyers there through the evening. Now, you know, what developer do you know that wants to pay overtime uh, to put in water and sewer and have lawyers there 24 hours over a weekend if they're doing something legal? Um, but by doing that, they were able to get the work done before a federal judge could come in on Monday and um, uh, force an injunction. Uh, and as a result, you know, within two days, the damage was done. Um, and this was another case where the National Trust for Historic Preservation, the Civil War Preservation Trust, another group called the National Parks Conservation Association, teamed up to fight this and uh, generate publicity about it. Uh, ultimately, unfortunately, the Department of the Interior and Department of Justice didn't really do anything about it. Uh, they never took the developers uh, to task for um, uh, going ahead and putting these uh, water and sewer pipes in illegally. Uh, however, the good news from that is uh, the, the attending bad publicity that these developers received and um, the political pressure that resulted from that meant that uh, for, for the next year, uh, local officials absolutely refused to allow development on the old standard tract, um, which was the ultimate goal of the developers. So they didn't get what, although they desecrated land, uh, they didn't ultimately get what they wanted. It's hard to understand why the federal government couldn't act in the aftermath. My understanding is they have uh, uh, some armed force at their command, uh, and you would think if, if uh, you know, if somebody dug a hole across my front lawn uh, illegally, I would just go out the next day with a shovel and fill it in. Uh, uh, if they, they ran uh, pipes or wires across, I would go out and dig them out and say, well, hey, it's my land, come in you know, and challenge me. Uh, why can't the Park Service just dig all that stuff back up and say, no, you know, come back when you have a permit? Uh, but obviously that hasn't happened. Uh, yeah, I mean, and certainly I think the National Park Service was aghast at what happened. And probably under normal circumstances, a normal park weekend, there would have been the staff there to stop this. But unfortunately, there was, it was one of those uh, weekends when the entire staff was dedicated to another event. Uh, and, of course, this took them by surprise. Um, so from the Park Service perspective, I think they, they did all they could, but there was you know, ultimately no political will within uh, the Interior Department uh, to follow through. Now, that's not to say that they won't eventually do something, but um, you know, slow justice in this case is, is really no justice at all. No. In terms of political will, that, that brings up the point that this all – is, uh, you know, for those of us involved in Civil War studies, it's an emotional issue and a, a professional issue and uh, verging on a spiritual issue. But in, overall, this is a, like any contest of conflicting interests. It's a political issue. Um, and you, you said you worked on Capitol Hill before coming to the Civil War Preservation Trust? That's correct. So uh, 
in one sense, uh, Civil War Preservation Trust are, are lobbyists uh, working with the government, uh, and lobbyists, uh, as all patriotic Americans know, are, are evil. <laughs> and uh, yet, you guys are, are the good guy lobbyists, from our point of view. Is, is that uh, a fair characterization? Uh, yes, I know, certainly that's how I would put it. Um, yes, uh, in fact, I'm you know one of the chief lobbyists for the organization, and. Um, you know, fortunately for us, I think we've got a very positive cause and a very positive message. And um, as a result of that, we usually do generate considerable support in, in Congress. Uh, right now, we've got legislation we're trying to get passed that has the support of over 100 congressmen and uh, I believe 33 senators. In fact, um, all three of the major presidential candidates, uh, Senator McCain, Senator Obama, and Senator Clinton, have co-sponsored this legislation. So there is no lack of bipartisan support. Um, but as you can imagine, battlefield preservation is not a national priority. So um, although there is support, um, it's you know folks like your listeners and folks like the Civil War Preservation Trust members that keep Congress focused on the fact that we need to fund battlefield preservation. It, it is one of those... Uh... You know, challenging things. It, 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 what, one gets a version of this as, as somebody who teaches history. Uh, when students say, "Shouldn't I be learning, you know, computer technology or hospitality management or something? I get a job tomorrow. Uh, what's history going to do for me?" And you know, tomorrow maybe nothing, but a hundred years from now, people will still be reading history and they will have forgotten, uh, you know, what uh, what sauce was served on the fish last night. Um, <laughs> And, and and similarly, you know, it's urgent that we take care of uh, uh, people who are, are you know, underserved by society, who, who have uh, social needs, and it's uh, extremely urgent that we have uh, security, you know, military security and uh, law and order and other things that we pay taxes for. But in the long run, we also need our, our heritage, our history, and, and if you know, Congress can can focus on $5 gas, which is an important immediate issue, or they can focus on steroids and baseball, because that's like really critical to us all, pardon my sarcasm. Um, or they can, uh, uh, but they, they must not forget about uh, preservation, uh, uh, even if it's not day-to-day -day important, uh, as they may see it. Uh, but I'm preaching to the choir. You know that, and our listeners know that. Let me ask a, a, a different question. Do you have many international members? Uh, do people support the organization from outside the United States? Uh, we do. Um, there is, and, and you probably know, there are Civil War roundtables uh, throughout the world, um, in England in particular, but also in France. Uh, we have some close connections with them. Uh, some reenactment groups uh, around the world as well. Uh, so we do have members from uh, uh, around the globe, and um, we also have what we call the Civil War Discovery Trail, which is a is actually an international uh, trail of Civil War sites, um, mostly obviously in the U.S., but in places like Bermuda, uh, England, uh, and France. So it's it's uh, it's something with a wide uh, a wide appeal to people, not just in the United States. In terms of support for the group, uh, and again, uh, listeners can go to www.civilwar.org and learn more about Civil War Preservation Trust and how to support the group. Um, 
this is the kind of question I hated to get when I worked at the museum, but I'll ask it anyway. Uh, what's the biggest uh, gift your group has ever gotten? Oh, I believe it was uh, two million, a two million dollar bequest. Um, so, but as you can imagine, most of our contributions are small dollar contributions. Uh, usually, in the um, I, th I think our average is seventy, uh, seventy dollars, but. Uh, uh, quite a few of them are $25, $35. But um, the task we have at hand uh, requires us to, to go out and ask for big dollars, and uh, our development de department is not shy about doing that. Well, and, and nor should they be. With, um, I recall reading not long ago about uh, Brian Pohanka, the, the late historian and uh, reenactor and historical commentator, who I think left a substantial bequest to your organization. That's correct. Brian did when, uh, as, uh, as I'm sure many of your listeners know, uh, Brian was very passionate about battlefield preservation. In fact, he was one of the founding uh, members of the uh, Association for the Preservation of Civil War Sites. He was there in that living room when they organized it back in 1987. And um, he, he was also a CWPT board member. And uh, when he passed away, uh, he was very specific about setting aside money for, for battlefield preservation. And one of his goals was to see um, a site uh, at Cold Harbor associated with the, uh, excuse me, Cold Harbor Gaines Mill, associated with the 5th New York Protected. So we continue to pursue that because, uh, you know, ultimately we want to accomplish that for Brian because he's been so good to us. Well, uh, that's... Uh you know, a, a worthy goal uh, of that place among many. I saw in the news recently, uh, locally, uh, within the last week, uh, that you have a new fundraising campaign for the Bentonville battlefield here in North Carolina. That's correct. How is that going? Uh, that's going well. Um, just a little history there. Bentonville, of course, as you know, is the biggest Civil War battlefield in North Carolina. Um, it's a place where we've been able to partner extremely well with the state um, and here's a site that where very little was protected uh, 10 years ago and, and CWPT working with the, the Bentonville uh, State Historic Park uh, has able, been able to protect 1,200 acres, uh, 953 of that uh, protected by CWPT. So it's a big success story for us and, and it's really transformed that battlefield into a significant uh, heritage tourism destination. Well, that that is, uh, and, and that's one of the keys to, to doing it. So you plan heritage tourism to attract people uh, to these sites makes the may, makes the preservation of the site appealing to local economic interests. I, I think people often uh, misperceive the, the situation as one of conflict between economic development or preservation, and uh, it doesn't have to be that way if. Uh, uh, if you can have an enlightened uh, heritage tourism industry uh, around a preserved site, you can have both. That, that's absolutely correct. We, we tell uh, local officials, and we work very closely with local officials in, in places like Spotsylvania County, Virginia, or Franklin, Tennessee, that um, you can put development everywhere. You can have both. Uh, you just can't put it on your Civil War historic sites. Um, you know, tourists aren't flocking to... Um, uh, 7-Elevens and um, uh, mini-marts. Uh, they flock to historic sites like Civil War battlefields. So you can have both. You just have to be smart about it. 
Uh, and conversely, what I always point people to is, is what's happening in Fairfax County, Virginia, at Chantilly. Uh, you know, as we mentioned earlier, back in the late 80s, uh, Fairfax County uh, voted to allow uh, that battlefield to be developed. And uh, so they lost their major Civil War historic site. And today, uh, they're trying to take the remnants and make it into a tourism destination. They're putting up a couple monuments, putting in a trail. But unfortunately, 95, maybe 99% of that battlefield is gone. It's never going to be a tourist destination because they destroyed most of it. They've killed the golden goose, and, and that's what they get. Exactly. Well, we're going to take another short break. We'll come back uh, in just a moment, talk more historic preservation with Jim Campy when we return on Civil War Talk Radio. Mm-hmm. 